my hood. You see the Bushwick? I got the Bushwick on. Oh, I see it. Nesta gave me this for my birthday with a oh, bottle of some rock. Woo! Let's talk about that. Hold on. Okay. So, welcome to My Hood Podcast. I am your host, 4-5. And uh, as promised, this is part three of a part four series of the HBO story. I'm excited because I have this, this legend right in the camera when you talk about when you talk about legends and you talk about well respect individuals in the streets that survived through so much turmoil, so much uh, 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 violence, you know the streets can can kill you or build you, destroy you. It's out, it's out to destroy you. And this man been through it all. We got the legend, Lizard J. Welcome, my brother. Welcome to my hood podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have me, man. Yeah, yes, it is a pleasure to have you. Damn right. Definitely a pleasure, <laughs> man. Um, I, I, I created this podcast, and I was telling the other guys, like, I created this podcast because I am from Bushwick, Brooklyn, and I am extremely proud of that neighborhood. And when we talk about different sections of Brooklyn, I feel like Bushwick doesn't get its just due. And this is not to glorify... Uh, violence or gang life or nothing like that this is just to tell stories because i believe that the odds are stacked against us but we survived through it no matter what obstacles was thrown in our way uh um for some others it's been, it was it's been extremely difficult to survive but they do it some for some brothers are not here with us rest in peace for the fallen soldiers but i wanted to, to celebrate people such as yourself i think you have incredible stories like i told the others and i just want people to hear your story the survival the struggle there's a lot of kids out here that's wilding out they thinking this shit is sweet and it's not but um one of the stories i wanted to to be told was the hbo story but before I was, before i get into the hbo story i always start with the individual and their story which is more important than anything else so where exactly were you born? I was born on DeKalb and Reed. Okay. And then is that Brooklyn Hospital? You was in Brooklyn Hospital when your mom No, I was born, born in Wyckoff Hospital. You was born okay, you was born in Wyckoff Hospital. Yeah, I was born in Wyckoff Hospital. Oh, okay. And um, um yeah, yeah, my, yeah, mother, yeah. my mother was raised on DeKalb and Reed with your mother. <laughs> exactly. You know, they all grew up in that neighborhood, DeKalb and Reed. Mm-hmm. And from there, we moved to, um, I believe it was Wilson and Linden. Okay. And from Wilson and Linden, I moved to Stockholm. Okay. Before the FBI started a crew, I was, uh, it was me, Tony, he was the press from FBI, Tony, Edgar, a few brothers back then. But before we even get to, before we get to, in, to, to the crew, let's go back to when you was a child. So... 
Um, growing up in a household, how many siblings was at the house? I grew up with one brother, one sister. Okay. And, and uh, what about your dad? Was your dad? I was about, uh, it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, whatever you're willing to share, what you're not willing to share, that's fine. I don't want to, you know, you don't have to get into, this is not to. I was adopted at a young, at, a, at the age of birth. Okay. Um, Benitez. Okay. Which is my sister's father. Okay. Uh, I came to learn about my father when I was 16. Mm, okay. I came to meet my father, maybe going on 17. Um, my father, my father nickname was Dillinger. He was a hitman for the mob. He did a lot of dirt in the, in the neighborhood. He did a lot of time. I came to meet him. He, he was never there for me. He never raised me. Right. But when we sat down and talked, my story was identical to his story. Wow. You know, it, 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 it's crazy because everything he did, the knives, how he loves kitchen knives. I had a thing for kitchen knives. No, I, didn't like I, know, I don't want to jump the gun. Hold on. Before we get, there's, so, there's so much to get to. Before we get that, okay, so so you was adopted, right? And then um, was did you have a step pops or anything like that? Well, I'm going to get to that now. Okay. Uh, well, was, uh, my, my father, Benitez, Cerrito Benitez, right. he's one, I call him my father because he was there from birth. Okay. Um, he came back from the war, messed up mentally. Mm. Him and my mother broke up. I was at a young age, maybe like five, seven years old. Okay. I remember the fights, the breaking the dishes and everything. And uh, my mother left him. And then my mother got hooked up with my stepfather, which I love him dearly. Mm -hmm. He was well-loved in, in the neighborhood. He did a lot for the neighborhood. His name was Lucho, which, which is my brother Isaac's father. Right. And he was a legend. Uh, Super yeah, legend. Lucho is Panamanian. Mm -hmm. um, he, had a, he had a boxing gym, um, Broadway and Murder, Spartan gym. That was his gym. Right. Him and his partner, Ruben, from Goofy, they were partners in the gym there. And uh, that's where it all started, basically, right there. Okay, so about even even before we get into the HBO, yeah, yes, everything started at Farm Gym because my exactly. father was always trying to help the neighborhood and trying to help out the teenagers, you know, the youth. Right. So he put the whole entire block into Farm Gym for free. Bought them wow. all boxing equipment, everything. He bought them everything, and he had trainers for them, and we all there. And uh, he had a few other outsiders. Uh, I just I just found out he just came home. Cuba, Cuba was a great boxer. My father really liked him a lot. My stepfather really liked him a lot. And then he got caught up in the mix in the street and went away. But right. Cuba was a very good boxer. I had a lot of heart. Did Did your father box? He didn't box, but um, he was into it from a young age. I don't. I'm. I can't even say if he did or not. Okay. But um, that was his sport. His main sport. Right. Okay. You know, um. He comes from Panama. His town is Duran. Duran the boxer, they live in the same town as family. Mm. So, you see, we had the privilege of seeing Duran come to our gym and Duran oh. trainer come to our gym. Duran trainer should come to the gym at least once a month to, to give us little tips on the boxing, you know? Uh, that's amazing. That must have been exciting for, as a kid to watch that, to meet him. That's, that's yeah, crazy because you know, like, Duran was one of the greats. Yeah, you know, I, I went to see Ali and... um. 
Muhammad Ali fight in Madison Square Garden. Boxing became my life at that moment. And um, how old do you think you was? Huh? How old you was when you started? When you got into it? I started boxing when I was about eight, nine years old. Oh. Did you have a love? Did you did you love it instantly, or I was like a boxing? You know, I came out in the front news daily newspaper, nineteen eighty three, for the best fight of the night. I got the Budweiser Award fight. I wow. fought in the gloves. I fought the Empire State Games. You know, my thing was that I I, I was in the middle. I love boxing, but I love the streets. Right. With, I, with, with the, before we get to the streets, when you okay, because I know boxing takes great discipline, and, and that happens to a lot of athletes. You know what I'm saying? They 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 find a passion, and then they they kind of rear off to something else. But before we even get there, so when you was 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 when you was um, competing. Did you feel like that was a deeper connection with your dad? Like, was he was he proud? He was happy? Like, he, that you know, he was happy. He was proud. Uh, I had a lot of good reviews from a lot of trainers that trained me. Uh, my trainer was Panama. He's also from Panama. Mm -hmm. um, he got a son named Hecht. He's okay. Hecht from Bushwick. Um, his father was my trainer. They trained. He trained me from a youth all the way on. There was time that I would go to Best Eye Gym to train. Willie was my trainer there when I would go to Bed Stuy Gym. Um, I thought it was um, 1983. It was me, Eddie Chester, Bang, Kenny, and Joe. We all fought in the Golden Gloves. Um, those guys those were from the 48-hour crew from Troutman. They were from Tompkins Projects. And um, not even Tompkins, LG Projects, my bad. Okay. Uh, we, got close in the, we got close at the gym together. And, you know, we ran together for a while. Okay. Okay, so... And, uh, so boxing was my, I loved it. You know, I loved boxing. I was dedicated to it in the, in that first year. I did the running, the jogging, five miles. I, I you know five miles in the morning. Right. Um, eating the steak for breakfast with eggs before <laughs> I had a fight. You know, it was that's you know, amazing. That's, that's good. I didn't see. I, I didn't even. I didn't know you was that deep into it. Like I hit. I heard all the stories. I um, I had um, uh, what was it? Sixty-eight fights. I have four losses, you know, um, I lost in the finals of the Golden Glove 83, and truly, truly, I lost only because I wasn't in shape. Mm. It wasn't because he knocked me down, knocked me out. Right. See, amateur boxing is so different from pro. Amateur boxing, if you're more aggressive, you win the fight. Right. It doesn't matter how hard I hit you or I dropped you, if you're more aggressive, that's the winner, and um, I, I was I got tired in the third, second, third round, and I was out of shape, and um, they gave they gave it to the other guy, and it was only because he was more aggressive, but right. I made it all the way to the finals. Uh, you know, it was the greatest experience. I fought the best Square Garden. That um, must have been amazing to fight in a garden. Paper. When I see myself, I lost that fight in the front paper, but just because I came out in the Daily News on the back of the paper. Huge. Like, That's monumental like, for the hood. What you crazy? That's you know, everybody big. in the hood at a at a UFA. They knew me by boxing because I was a boxer. They knew I boxed. Everybody knew I boxed. But um, you know, I had other things I guess lined up for me that had to be my path. You know, right. like you know, in life, you make your path is what you make of it. But you can't run from your have. In other words, some things are just meant to happen without right. you even knowing it, you know, and like I like I said, when I met my real father, our right. story was identical. 
Right. You know, this is a man that never been in my life. This is a man that never raised me. I never seen him until I was 17, 16, around that age. Mm -hmm. And uh, his story was my story. I definitely want my story was his story. I want and I want to get into that. Uh, so so you're boxing and so when is it that it kind of takes a turn for you, you think? I'm going to be honest with you. It took a turn for me in 1982. It took a turn for me. I believe it was 82 or 81. We, uh, we started off HBO. We was a car bomb. We had a riot. Hold up. Before you get into that. So this, this is, now we're going to get into the HBO thing. So before you get into this riot, you guys are HBO already or this is how you become HBO? No, because, well, okay, let me go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to know how, because I'm, I'm asking everybody, how did HBO emerge? How did, like, was it, you know, uh, was it a, a meeting? Was it a, a couple guys? How did you guys, who's the, first of all, ask everybody, who is the original members of HBO? Ask everybody that. So what, give me your, I always get five names, including that person. So who's your five? I'm going to tell you who started HBO. I don't know what they're telling you. Okay, guys. <laughs> okay, I don't know what they're telling you. Let's do it. Let's I'm go. telling you the press from HBO who started HBO was Black Ray. Mm. Black Ray was the press of HBO. He started HBO. The first members of HBO, believe it or not, was host at Dean. He lived, uh, he lived across the street from your mother, your grandmother. Mm -hmm. On the third floor, Abdeen was one of the first. See, Black Ray had his own, he had a lot of heart. You know, he did his own thing. He, he ran with the Stockholm boys. Okay. But he always had his little click on the side. Okay. See, Black Ray grew up with Gazelle Henry, rest in peace, and the thing is from Stockholm. Okay. But he did his little HBO on Saddam Street. And, uh, you know, I grew up with Wilson, rest in peace, his brother Roderick, um, Henry, and we all met because we all lived on a block. Right. And we all played the tag, Coco Skelly. That's how we grew up. Roller skating, skateboarding, bicycle riding. And uh, when Ray started the HBO, he's from the block. So we all got, you know, it started. We, Wilson got involved. Renee got involved. Uh, Basky, Renee. Um... Henry Wilson, Joey Joe were more of the, after Abdeen the host would say Henry, Joey Joe, Wilson, and they were kind of the first HBOs right there. Right. And Lewis, Brownhead Lewis. Okay. Because, all right, because I Lewis definitely. The, the, all the, the guys from Saddam Street. Right. Stephen, Eddie's brother, Eddie Rivera's brother. His brother Steven was an original HBO. Uh, Lewis, which you know, he just dropped out of the world. We don't know. I heard he's doing good, but I haven't heard from him in years. Renee. Okay, so uh, before we get lost in the names, so there was a, there was a lot, but the the because the names that I'm familiar, I'm telling the names I'm familiar. With. I, I definitely heard Black Ray, I, uh, Pops, um, Kabubi's brother, Papo. Uh, um, Papo, yep, um, Henry, you, and uh, uh, of course Wilson, Wilson Bones. So, um, so. So with those, so with those guys, I heard like when HBO first started, it was about getting girls and getting fly. That's what I heard. Like in the beginning, you guys was about the getting the chicks and, and getting all fly and all that before anything happened. You see, we, we wasn't even about getting fly. Okay, no, no, this is for you to tell. We it. wasn't yeah. even about HBO. Was just 
It was created because at that era, a lot of crews, before us, it was a lot of outlaws. Okay. In the neighborhood, dirty rubbles, dirty ones. They were there. They, that was, we were coming in a new era. Okay. Which was called crews. You had the HBO, FBA, FBI, uh, uh, what's the other one? BSK. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of crews coming up. Okay. And Blackface started, he started HBO. We all from the block. We got it. We, you know, we all hung out with Ray. Right. We got involved with Ray. You know, uh, Ray was the president. Started it. Eventually, Wilson took over. Wilson was more suave, more cool, smooth. I heard his career really charisma. Up to Wilson, everybody liked Wilson. Wilson had a lot of heart. So it was like Ray started it, and then Wilson took over. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then when Wilson took over, then Joey Joe came in. Everybody that was running with Wilson. Right. Just became HBO's after that. Okay, so then okay, so now you guys form a crew. There's a lot of other crews, and then Black Ray uh, comes up with the it was idea. It's just about hanging out, you know. Hanging out. That's what I'm saying. Started innocent. Out. Yo, we're gonna hang out. We're gonna give ourselves a money name. Money wasn't in the game yet. The money right. wasn't about the money. It wasn't about dressing fly. It was just about this is our block. We represent our block. And okay. We had nothing but love for Saddam Street. Oh yeah, absolutely. We protected our block. Yes. Meaning that if outsiders came in here. We took them out. We chased them. We ran them out of there. Uh, it was about protecting Saddam Street. I was yeah, saying. no, absolutely, because I know that is something that we talk about all the time, even my generation. I, like, we, we talk about, like, there was a time, there was a period where you couldn't go down Saddam. If you wasn't for Saddam, you cannot done. go to Saddam. That's done. a fact. You see, Black Ray was that brother that sat on Knickerbocker Park. If you wasn't from Knickerbocker Park, and you walk through Nickelbarker Park, you got robbed, you got snatched, you got hurt. Black Ray had all the little HBOs over there, you understand me? And it, that was their stomping ground, you know what I'm saying? Right. Getting money over there, robbing people, whatever it was. You know, I remember Black Ray, Jay. I remember Black Ray. Trent, look, I don't remember, but this is trench coat, shotgun. Like, I heard he used to walk around with a shotgun. All the, you, you see that trench coat and whoop. He'll pop up the, and he would. That was his mo. Like he, he'll get you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got jewelry or whatever, he'll get you. You know what I'm saying? But um, Absolutely right about. It. And then uh, so we being that we all grew up in the boxing gym, right? So we all knew how to fight, even though we already, you know, we all fought because Wilson's father, you know, I don't even know if he's alive, and it's been so many years, right? Or more matter of fact, not even Wilson's father, Roger's father that raised right. Wilson. Right. Was a he boxed and he used to put boxing gloves on on Saddam Street, and mm-hmm. they we used to box in front of the house there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Roderick Wilson and the guys from there. And then Lucha right. put us all in the gym. Right. So see, Roderick's father was the one who started the boxing in the block. You know, they would do little five minute boxing with the guys on the streets there, and then they went to the gym. And that first two years, we dedicated to the gym. Right. And I think I honestly believe the gym made the. Made us worse because it brought the beast out of us. And then being that we learned how to fight now and how to use the hand, we started to use that with everybody else in the hood. You know, like mm. we got we got a taste of sparring, going in the ring, you know, that fear came and You out guys of became us. gladiators. You became gladiators. So so um, um all right, so in, so you got the whole team practically is nice with the hands. <laughs> it's like you see what I'm talking about? It's like the 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 belly of the beast is like these stories is crazy and it's just like yeah it was it was you remember the wires the black cable wires yeah 
Okay, we had that at one time full of hats. Hats of crews that we took, that we beat down and took their hats. I'm talking about, what there was a thousand crews. We had a thousand hats up there. We just beat all these niggas up and they, we would throw their hats over the wire. How did HBO start getting the rep? Like, do you guys remember, do you remember the first brawl? Like you was yelling out, you remember like, what was that? Cause I know, I, I know, um, Hard Lanes was HBO territory. You was kids. That was our hangout, and right. when HBO was informed, was created on Saddam Street, we always hung out on in Hard Lanes. So that became our home base. Right. Okay. The the, the uh, phone booth. That was our phone booth. We standing. I got a call at five o'clock, three o'clock. Somebody calling me. That exactly. was our phone. Nobody got on our phone. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Everybody echoing the same and, thing. Uh, that the beef started it. Few people would come in. We set up a few beefs in the in, in um. The like how how would that start? Like some guys would just come in and you like yo you belong here. What you doing here? Like or was it over a look? Uh, you know you always back then you had a few knuckleheads. Okay. They would come in with a, looking at people hard. You know Wilson stood out. He always had jewelry, and back then you had to be strong to wear jewelry. He wasn't strong. He wasn't wearing jewelry. Okay. And you know, we're saying jewelry, the look will start and the beef will start. And then, you know, we always, for some reason, I'll be honest with you, we just always came out on top. No, no, I believe you. No, what and I'm, I'm saying not even is, being biased. What I'm saying is, I don't even think, honestly, I can't even, I can't even, as far as I go back, right. I, there's not even a fight we lost. There's not <laughs> even a battle. Not even a battle we lost. <laughs> you you understand about, what I'm saying? I, I 100%. You was about and, uh, to tell me a, combine, uh, a carbine story, and I interrupted you. Yeah. Well, HBO, our first little rumble was in the carbine. Uh, we was outnumbered. It started over some girls that used to hang out with us, Judy from Irving, Darlene and them. They was in carbines, the white boys up there. They were big. You know, back then, they were big white boys, yeah. you know, and... Uh, they harassed the girls. The girls came and got us. We went up there. And uh, we went up there with bats and whatever. And Wilson was on the floor. I know him with a bat. And some kid went to hit him with a bat. I came up, caught him. And uh, we had a big rumble there. And that was the first rumble. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and um, mm, I kind of did something. I, I don't know. But um, that night, everybody made it to Saddam. Right. Um, I heard of somebody, I don't know what happened, but um, right. everybody made it to time. I, I was this I was about 15, maybe 15, 14, and um, I was you know, I was part, I got scared, I ain't even gonna lie, I was scared, right? You're 15 you know years old. Um, yeah. and all I know was I, I, I hid under a car till it got dark, yeah. and when it got dark, I came out, and um, when I got to Saddam. The love they gave me, everybody, Wilson, everybody hugged me. Oh, you know, that kind of saved Wilson's life at that time. You know what I'm saying? It, it would have been hurt really bad. And um, the love I got and the, the, you know, everybody cheering me, it was like a high for me. It gave me, a, you know, like, I loved it. You know, I loved that feeling. Right. And I ran with that feeling to maybe a couple of years back, you know what I'm saying? In other words, I love that attention they gave me. I love that lifestyle. It just... Right, that respect, that, you know, I that aberration. That, that respect that they gave me, you know what I'm saying? Right, and, absolutely. Um, I became and that's big. Man that day. That, that day on... That was the I turning became, point. Huh? 
That was the turning point. That yeah, that was my it. turning point. I became that man that day. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then there was another incident. Um, I was always in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Okay, one so day, go ahead. Um, we was in we was in Star Park, and I got into a beef with um, forgot this Jamaican guy. He, he's big selling weed out there. And uh, Wilson and Ray came up there. The nigga pulled out a Uzi. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Point, I'm talking. About, he dead had us. I'm talking about dead had us. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Facing at us, and Wilson. You know, Wilson just had a word with words. And the and no fear, Wilson like the only point you told Wilson. Wilson pushed it and said, "You gonna, gonna shoot us? You gonna kill us? You gonna get life stupid? Like you stupid or something?" And was able to talk his way out. To we all pulled our guns out. You know what I'm saying? Now we got our guns out and we're back and back on that. You know and um, uh, wow. And HBO started to grow there. You know what I'm saying? And then the FBI's. We got mm-hmm. into our little beef with the FBI, BSK. You know, even though FBI and BSK over united with us later on, but in right. the beginning, you know, everybody had to try everybody out. You know, of course, and that brother. And um, the biggest fight that we got our name, man. I don't even know if anybody even remember this, but I remember. It very Let's clearly. talk about it. The dirty rebels ran the neighborhood. I, listen, listen. Before you even go there, I. I uh YouTube searched like you know Bushwick and there's a clip of them and they told to the news report and they were 20 about- members of the Devil's Rebels are responsible for much of the serious crime in the 83rd precinct. Sometime for no reason. Wally Savage, who is 18, is a member of the Devil's Rebels and very well known to the police. Aren't you charged with shooting a policeman? Yeah. That's the last time I got busted, they told me we're gonna catch you one of these nights and we're gonna kill you. It don't work me really, cause they all tell me the same. Police tell you the same thing. It doesn't bug you at all. Nope. Some people would say they'd be very worried if someone told them that. Why? Why? Why don't you? Because you know, if I'm gonna die, you know, let it happen now then later. The mentality back then was crazy. The rubbles were crazy. They used to go to McDonald's. 20, 30 of them, security guard, they used to have a gun, they used to take the gun off the security guard, and tell them to leave, you know, the rubbles. Well, I don't know who got into the beef with the rubbles, but um, they came to Saddam, and I'm not even going to lie, there was like a hundred of them. Mm. They was on Saddam and Wyckoff going down towards Urban, but there was like a hundred of them. And we was HBO, we only had maybe like 10, 15 of us, maybe 15, right. you know what I'm saying? But we were spread out, we had chains, knives, and we was behind cars with everything. And we tell them, yeah, bring it, come down. They tell us, come down. We're like, no, you come down. You know, you you want us? Come in our block, you know? Right. But they, I tell you one thing, they never entered Saddam and White Court. You know what I remind me of? The 300. You ever saw the 300? Yeah. When they, they fought the but Persians? You know what? It's just like that. It was only like 15 of them. They had a, it was at least 100 rebels. I believe We that. had vast knives, chain, and we were spread out. We were kids. We was kids. They were older than us. We were just kids. Talk about the block. Because when I was talking to Sabrina, my sister, she used to tell me, like, how the, the ladies from the block used to stash the guns, the bats. And when it was beat time, Listen, the, the whole block was down with it. What makes it so unique about Sudan, we was a family, all right. of us. Everybody that lived on Sudan was a family. 
Right. We, we, the mothers, husbands, fathers, sisters, brothers, we all protected each other. Right. You understand me? We didn't let nobody sell drugs on Sudan. They tried many times. I heard. And when they tried, we did what I, we did what we did. You don't have to stop them. You know, you ain't selling drugs on here. Papa, Papa was saying <laughs> the same shit. Papa was saying you, you can't sell drugs on the block. <clears throat> we didn't let nobody sell drugs. If we did our shit, but that was our home base, and we weren't right. gonna let nobody come in there. Right. And um, that's how we got known. So, and so the standoff, the standoff with the rebels, that was, that was what. That was that, the icing on the cake right there. That was and like all right the, after the, right after the stop, right after that incident with the rebels. They, we had the big incident in the uh, bowling alley mm. with some older guys that were well-known in Bushwick. Right. They were called the twins, two okay. brothers. Um, they're from, the, they, they hung out in Putnam. They hung out with Blackie the Box and all of them. You know, the twins were crazy brothers, but they were older than us. Those are the dudes, not the twins from uh, Madison. They lived in Madison for a little while. Not them. No, nah, these are older okay. guys. You know. Okay, older guys. Okay. They yeah. lived, matter of fact, they, they was, one of them was a security in White Cove Hospital. Mm. And um, <clears throat> they were twins. They were two brothers. They lived on White Cove and Stanhope, basically. Okay, okay. They used to be in the White Shutter a lot. They grew up with my mother. They, your mother knows them. They all grew up, but the beef started with them. They would they would drink so much and act stupid, and they was acting crazy, stupid in the bowling alley. Right. And we got into a big fight with them, and and that we went over with like we were just teenagers, and we the way we beat them down, the way it was, it was a bunch of them. We hit them with paddle ball, you know those wood <laughs> paddle balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. We was cracking niggas with that, you know, like. We had a big rumble, and you know that just put the icing on it. And then going to the neighborhood, we we didn't we didn't you know back then the dark side couldn't come to Trumman, and Trumman couldn't go to the dark side. Right. If you went over there, you had problems. They came over here, we had problems. Right. So it was separated, Bushwick. Right. And we HBO kind of was like back and forth. We didn't care. We went everywhere. And when the beef <laughs> started, we just represented, but we always represented. And right. we always came on on top. Like I right. said, there's not a crew that could ever say they beat HBO, they knocked out HBO, nigga. Nah, it, it ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? I it mean, if you think happen. about it, uh, look, look. You was wilding out. Like, everybody tell me, but now we're going to get into it. You know, we talked a lot about HBO. We're going to start breaking up the group a little bit. Like, you, everybody told me. Lizard J, I'm going to give you, a, somebody told me a story. My man Rob told me, Rob from Hard Street. He said, yo. I was in Hart and Irving. I was in a store. He goes, I was with my mom's. I wear a couple. I hope he don't mind me telling the story. He said, there was a couple of dudes over there. Older man, everybody drinking. Yo, boy, everybody chilling, hanging out in the bodega. He goes, the door opens up slowly. And like a cloud of smoke. And his head looked like it was smoke. He comes out. And a B-boy stand, he walks in to the store. And just like the music video, if anybody saw... Um, the symphony, when they come in the bar, it goes, the record skip, skips, and everybody goes, it was you. He said, listen, Jay comes in, and he like this, and he's like, yo, everybody, was, everybody froze up. And Lizard Jay just like this. He smirked. And he was thinking to himself, like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is everybody so tense? And that was his recollection of it, but that that that's the type of presence you had. And everybody was telling me, yo, there's a J with a knife. 
inf- like this guy was infamous with that. So how, why a knife? Like why? Like how you got into that? If you were so nice with the hands, what made you become this guy, this legend? I'm going back. Like I said, me. And I met my father. Yes. Now we could get to that part, right? Okay. My father loved knives. My father also boxed. Mm. My real father. Right. 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 He boxed. He loved knives. But he also loved guns. You know, he did a lot of time for, you know, my father right. did like three time for three, four bodies. Back then, it was, mm. you know, in the 70s, 60s, got like five years. Right. You know, he time. came home, killed another nigga, did five years, you know, like, you know, his right. last bit he had, I think it was 10 to 20 or 10 to 25, something like that anyway. Uh, he did like um, 18 years. That's when I met him when he came home. You know, or 15, he did something like that. Right. Anyway, he liked knives. See, I had a thing for kitchen knives that were big. Did you did you use that for intimidation? Can you figure if I pulled I put it, it on the side of me, and I will fight somebody straight up because I like to fight too. Right. And I box. I like to fight, and I will fight a nigga. And after you know, I get the best of the fight. I always felt like I had to stab him afterward because you see, I learned you know from a young age. Um, I got to put the fear in you. If I don't put the fear in you, you're going to come back and get me. Mm-hmm. But if I let you know what it is, you it's going to make back. you think twice coming back and get me. You either got to come back prepared, do me right, or leave me alone. Right. So I gave you that. You know, like I fought you and beat you. And after I beat you, I still had a thing for stopping Poking you. Yeah, I'm going to poke you. You know what I'm saying? And right. I think that was because, I don't know, I, back then I, ain't gonna, I had a thing for blood. I liked it. Blood. You know, um, I always felt in my heart, anybody could pull the trigger. Mm. Anybody. You know, I, I did time with niggas that pulled triggers that caught body, and there was no gangsters in jail, and there were no killers in jail, but they killed the nigga in the street. You know what I'm saying? A badass <laughs> right, nigga. Right, right, right. There was, right. there was no gangster in jail. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, I, so I was like, you know, I, th- I think for me, it took more of a heart to stab a nigga uh, than to yeah. shoot a nigga. Because stabbing a nigga, up and you close. Nigga coming at you, right. I'm giving you the opportunity to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Or some nigga, I even threw a knife at them and said, let's go knife for knife. I Ooh. just had a you know what I'm saying? And that's how I got my reputation, you know what I'm saying? And I, I've been into a lot of situations, you know, uh, with Ralphie Recipes, the Woodbine crew, Putnam crew in East New York, where we was out numbers and we would meet up in the bathroom. And I pull out like 20 razors, three, four, nine. And I'm telling them, here, here, here. We're going back out to set it off. And we go back out to the floor and set it off. Everybody got a weapon, you know? Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. I just had a knife from a young age, man. Kitchen knives. I liked them. They were big, you know, and... uh, Why they call you Lizard J? Why Lizard? I know J, of course, but Lizard. Why Lizard J? Where you got that from? I got that name by two brothers. Two brothers gave me that name years ago. And that name been stuck with me, haunting me the rest of my life. Listen to me, I live in Connecticut, right? <laughs> no, no, this is a true story. Yeah. I'm working, you know, Marshall's AJ Wright and all those stores? I was the supervisor of AJ Wright uh, receiving room. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming out with some merchandise to put on the floor. And some girls scream out, Lizzie J! I'm at my job, you know. I, you know, like I'm out here. Nobody knows me, you know. I thought nobody knows me, you know what I'm saying? 
this ain't Jay. And I'm going to tell you, I don't even know who she was. I don't remember her. But I knew she knew me. But she said, this is Jay. Right. And if you call me this is Jay, I know you know me from the hood. Right. If you call That's me Butch, I know you know me from jail. You know right. what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, boy, I had to go along with the story. Yeah, I'm at work. How you doing? <laughs> you know, but um, That's that name was given to me by Roderick and Rodney. Mm. Joking around. We was we was in a club one day, joking around. I was always thirsty, always running around, you know, running around the girls. And what do you know? was young, playful, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Roderick and them started goofing around. Roderick and Rodney goofing on me, called me Lizzie. And that name stuck with me. I'm 52 right. years old. That's crazy. It's been with me ever since. Like, you ask somebody Jay, and they'd be like, Jay who? Jay Lizzie? Like, you know, niggas will not know unless you say Lizzie. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's you funny. Nah, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, you guys, uh, you guys form HBO. You're dominating the streets. You're taking over. You're making a crazy buzz. All this wild shit. You poking niggas and all that. So, Take me to around the time uh, what happens to Wilson. Uh, walk me through that where you was at. Do you remember that? Anything? Anything you could talk? Um, you can tell. Uh, HBO, like I said, we started HBO. Black Ray started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his first, one of the first HBO. I don't know who was first, second, third. Okay. But I believe Host Abdeen, his, his name is Abdeen. He used to write Host. He was more one of the first, one of three, four of the HBOs. And then we became R. Lewis Wilson. You know, all of us came. And then the younger niggas made up maybe HBOs. I was like little Eddie and all the little niggas from Saddam Street running around with HBO. And Wilson had a lot of heart. You know what I'm saying? He didn't back down. He didn't run. He had a lot of heart. Uh, and we, we we hooked up with, they hooked up with Smurf. Um, Fat Fred, I, I couldn't even sell drugs that time because Fat Fred used to buy on Flucho. And every time I tried to go make money with him, they'd be like, nah, you can't make money with us. Your father said, you know, I don't want to follow with your father. You know, Lucho was a well-respected man. Yes, he was. You know what I'm saying? So then I decided I had to do my own thing because I couldn't be down with them. So I had to go do my own thing. And that's when I started hanging out and putting them, Troutman, and um, I mean, putting them in Jefferson up that way. And back then, you couldn't go up that way if you wasn't from that neighborhood. Right, right. So me, Rodney, was always up that end. And we had a little battles up there. Niggas liked us. They gave us love. And they was like, yo, you two, the only niggas that's allowed up here. And HBO became Casiasco Boys after that. And he came up. He ran up on our block. K- Pops KB, where it was Pops, Gazelle Henry. I think with a miscommunication with Black Ray. A matter of fact, Black Ray started a fight with Lewis or was fighting Wilson. They got into a fight on Saddam Street and Lewis snuffed Black Ray. So, you know, they Ray still had people with him because he was the original Stockholm boy. Right. So they all showed up on Saddam Street and Wilson for them. You know what I'm saying? Henry was there. Um, I don't know if Papa Wadonado was there, but Henry was there. I was there. Wilson fought them. They, you know, they fought their fair one. It was a fair fight. Nobody jumped nobody. And... They took. They told us, you know, you guys got heart, and um, they started, you know, started talking after that and getting money together. And mm-hmm. before you knew it, they was already KB, Casiasco boy, and HBO and KB just became one, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so we're all running around doing our you, thing. Would you, was, was you okay with that? Like, was you cool with the merger, or you was like, 
Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Wilson was, I looked it up to Wilson. He was my idol. I love that brother. You know what I'm saying? Whatever Wilson said, it was all good with me. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, Fair um, enough. It became a point. Again, like I said, Lucio was well known. My stepfather was well known in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Lucio was a Puerto Rican mob, basically. You know, uh, the Goofies, the banks, so they're all connected to my stepfather. Mm-hmm. The showboat in East New York, my uncle I- Camillo. They all own that. My uncle used to own that. The showboat? Oh, shit. The showboat? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was Carmelo. The showboat was Carmelo. Mm -hmm. He had a candy store on Cypress, which I became running it, working for him to run the candy store, which Mm -hmm. became the hangout. (laughs) And I used to close up the candy store to go beat up people with bats to come back and open up. Yo, Lucho, and, uh, yeah, 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 Lucho had, you know, I, I got to do a story about Lucho too, but anyway. You know, and, um, so, you know, like, a lot, a lot of situations in my life that maybe I, I wouldn't have been here and I'm still here is because of Lucho. Okay. You know, but there was a time they put a contract out on me. They put a contract out on Wilson and all that. And the contract was brought out because of Lucho. And he would come home and tell my mother, oh, they, they, they want to kill him. I just had to pay a contract off. And, you know, situations I did in the street and stuff I did in the streets to certain people. Um, I grew up with no fear. I had no fear. Uh, I can um, tell. <laughs> you know, like, after the incident happened in Carbone, it was off of the races. I had no fear. And um, I do consider myself a legend, honestly. You know no, and I do? Absolutely. I be, uh, you know, not because I say that to say, you know, a legend is deep. I ran, I, I'm, I'm a brother that ran with the best. I fought the best. Survived the best, and I'm still here. Absolutely. But I also been Amen. blessed that a lot of brothers went away for 20, 30 years, like Black Mario Machete. That's my brother. You know what I'm saying? Mario Machete caught a body. He went away. Little Hugo caught a body. Went away. You know, um, a lot of brothers did a lot of time, and I shouldn't have been any different. Right. We all had the same heart, but for some reason, God was always even to my street life. You know, was always there for me. And I say that to say was, see, I wasn't one of those guys that stood on Saddam Street, hung out all 24-7 there. I, I was told. I, I was always hyper. I, I was, was told. Your, your brothers tell me. I say, I say your brothers because I feel like, I'm sorry. I say your brothers because I feel like I, even I don't know what the relationship, but one time HBO was brothers. So when I say your brothers, I'm talking about your HBO brothers. And, they say, and it's funny. They describe it that way. That you was always you a hype brother, you a hype, and you went everywhere. That's how they. That's how your brothers describe you. He went everywhere. He didn't. Avenue, East New York. I had beef for the Hardy Boys. I had beef for the A Team. I had beef for the Cypress Hills Boy. Like I never, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, and right, that, you know what I'm right, right. I had beef in old old park with the tiny boys were really strong. We was outnumbered, outnumbered with me, Pancho, Spunky. Like 30 of them surrounded us. We only had box cutters. And we're like, yo, we're going to do this. And one guy, yo, that's Tito Killer Nephew. Uh, he looked and he, he used to, they used to run, you know, they were the mob boys, you right. know? And Tito Killer was Lucio's partner, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when they said that, everybody backed down. You know, there's a lot of situations I was just blessed right. to have Lucia and his stepfather. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. But um, <clears throat> I had no fear. I was everywhere. New Lost that- Avenue, Bronzeville, Fort Greene, 
No, oh. I know. I, I know your name ring bell everywhere. But I, that's why I was asking you. So I think you didn't get to that point that with Wilson, like how, when you was, I think you was going to break it down. So what happened with Wilson, where you was at and all that, like, uh, was you still close be- before that Wilson got killed and all that? Like, um, I'm going to be honest. It hurts me to, the, to this day. Me and Wilson, before he passed away, we didn't talk. Mm. You know, and it's kind of hurt. It, it, it hurts. To this day, I still feel that pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Me and Wilson got into a fight in front of Momo. You know, we fought that day. That's why I'm trying to explain that I fought everybody. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. <laughs> nobody that didn't fight. You know what I'm saying? I was just that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And me and Wilson got into a fight. We got into a little beef that day. You know what I'm saying? Over, I took some suits, some, what was it? Dita, Frida, Puma, Fila suits out of Momo. Right. And he wanted one. I didn't want to give it in. We got into a fight. And Born Hard Rock was there. R.E. was there. Poncho was there. And we did that little fight. We both got ours versus, you know, Right. Still my brother, I love him. You know, it doesn't change nothing. Brothers do fight. Of course. Of course. <clears throat> but um, we didn't talk that day. And um, that night that happened, me and Poncho and Spunky was hanging out, walking around Irving. And they ran up on us, about 20, 30 people. And, you know, again, like, we didn't back down. We pulled out our knives and we said, the first one come out of we're going to do our thing. And they were like, oh, that's Little J and, P- and Ponce. And they left us, you know. They were like, you know, they didn't want they, they just let us do our thing. Right. And then that same night, Wilson got killed. You know what I'm saying? You know, and um, I just felt bad. I wish I would have been there by his side. You know, like, I think I could have prevented it from happening. Because I knew the other side, knew those people over there. You know what I'm saying? They had love for me, too. I think we could have, you know, I could have squashed the whole situation. You know, but uh, it's deeper than that. You know, Wilson's death is truly deeper. It's on another level, like, you know. A lot of people had, a lot of people was scared of him. Um, I heard, man. Him. And like and, you said, you, and look, as much as you calling yourself a legend, I love the fact that you say you used to look up to him at one point. I thought that was dope. I think that's, you know, so when you heard the news, would you back on the blog where you was when you heard, who told you the news? Uh, we broke night that night. Me and some Spunky, matter of fact. <clears throat> and uh, we came on the block. And when we got to Saddam Street that, that morning, they told us what happened, you know. Uh, I believe it was Chloe. And Chloe was on the block already. I believe it was Chloe, and um, I was just hurt about it, you know. I was just, you know, it took a piece of me died when that happened, honestly, you know. Like, it took a piece of my heart out of me. You know, I really, you know, like, Wilson was, like, untouchable. He was a man, you know, like. Yeah. I heard, man. I seen, I seen Wilson in action, you know, like, I seen him do things that, you know, like, it's crazy, man. You know, Knickerbocker, we, so many fights we had on Knickerbocker. <laughs> you know, like, you know, we always came out on top, you know. Bonique Projects, it was, you know, we, we were up there like six, seven of us. They had a hundred niggas. Yeah. And we still came out on top, you know, <laughs> me, it was me, Wilson, was it Wilson, Poncho, Boomer Love. Like, right. We back down like a hundred guys in Bodinka. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we like. I, I just wanna. Um, I don't wanna stare off about the Wilson. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I know I can see you really get emotional, and I don't wanna bring up any type of feelings like that. I definitely wanna pay tribute to that brother because I hear so am, am, amazing stories about him. I know he was a true gladiator himself. Now, Wilson had a good heart. He I did, heard. You know what I'm saying? And he was the brother that he, he you know, he's gonna give you. He's going all the way with you. 
I was gonna tell you. Um, it's funny because you said we was walking through, we were walking through Nickelbacker. So and people don't understand. Like in the eighties, right? You would if you were just walking, you was you was being you could at any given moment anything could pop off, right? Pretty much in the eighties, because like you said, you were just walking, a hundred niggas ran up on you. Like people don't understand that Bushwick was crazy in in, in the eighties, bro. Like yeah, Bushwick was definitely crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I know everybody wants to talk about different parts of, of Brooklyn, but I'm like niggas don't know Bushwick was crazy, bro. It was you know, Bushwick like, was off the hook, man. But uh, what made Bushwick so unique and so different from all the other barrels was that Bushwick had a type of love. To this day, we still got that love for you. Sure, sure I'm not sure, brother. You know what I'm saying? We, we proud, boy. You know, we like proud. you know, like I can honestly say, thirty years later, I still connect with brothers. Uh, we go to we go out, have dinner. The birthday just the other day. It was your birthday. Happy belated yeah. birthday! And I saw brothers from back in the days, brothers that you knew from the eighties was there at your party. That's amazing, bro. And yeah. it's not like you. And it's not like you live right there. So yeah. everybody came. That's love. Oh, love. That's love. That's that's, that's dope. I remember, you know, and I was I'm there for my people. You know, I consider myself a straight diehard Bushwick brother. You know, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I love my people in Bushwick. Yeah, and they, you know, every, and they love you. I got a lot of you. respect. I respect a lot of brothers out there, you know. You know, I've done a lot of things out there. I'm not proud of and not happy. But like I tell everybody, you hold on to any loss in me or you hold on to any guilt or whatever you want, yeah. that's your life. You're going to live with me. I'm free of myself. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I forgave myself. And uh, can, you know, can, I'm at a, a different level right now. You know, right. I'm about living my life. And, and, to make the best of every and that's how that's why that's how I want to end this part with towards the end, like where you at right now. But when that happened with Wilson, without giving up details, was there um you could just say yes or no, don't give no details. But was there like any type of repercussions for that, or it just kind of just without you know getting the, I don't want no details, I don't want nothing like that. But but do you want to talk about that? Or you don't want to get into that. Don't worry about it. I'm um uh, Bushwick. HBO started, right? Mm-hmm. KB. Mm-hmm. Bushwick was separated. Mm-hmm. When I mean separated was East, West, North could not come and hang out in one area. You understand? We as HBO was everywhere. We didn't care. Right. We went everywhere. Bolinke, we didn't care. We all went. When we when we, we connected, when we got to, together with the Casiasco boy, right. we became more friends and more dangerous. Right. When Wilson died, you talk about repercussion, but I'm going to bring it back now because there was a time in Bushwick that you see HBO, Kosciuszko Boy, we brought Bushwick together. Right. Well, I'm going to say that because if you go to my pictures, you're going to see we was on 42nd Street, right? 1983, 84 on 42nd Street. We had no lie. 200 Bushwick people there. Wow. Walking to... I'm talking about walking through in the in the 80s on 42nd, knocking niggas out, Moreno, everybody, just knocking them out, everybody we seen. We used to take turns. Yo, it's your turn to snuff that nigga. Go snuff that nigga. And that's what we did. We 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 rang Bell, Bushwick through the whole 42nd, knocking out whoever was hanging out up there, East New York, Bad Style, Bronx, we beat them down. You understand? Right. Absolutely. And I say that to say because HBO Bushwick became one. Okay. I get okay, it. One meaning that 
putting them charming, we all started hanging out together. Gotcha. They were hanging with us, we hung with them. Gotcha. While we rest in peace, we all became one. Gotcha. First week. Right. The money corruption, which in the Bible says money is the root of all evil things. Absolutely. The money corruption and getting money is what separated the family, the Bushwick family. I get it. I follow you. And, and when they separated, everybody started, you know, everybody chasing that money, everybody doing their thing now. And when Wilson died, it was more of a, a fear. What did mean they had a beat? They were just scared of Wilson. Mm. And, and the worst thing to live on, on earth is to be scared of somebody. Mm. You know, it's like a mouse getting caught in a corner by mm -hmm. an elephant. Mm -hmm. He's gonna bite the, you know, if you put they're gonna bite back. You right. Know what I'm right, right, right. And they were scared, and Wilson got killed, and was rumors, different stories. Uh, unfortunately, I can't tell you there was any. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's he died that day. Two days later, I caught my bed. I went on stage. It might have been my blessing. Right. It might have been God putting me, even right. though jail was jail in right. a safe environment. The, the only day I remember was we was at war. Wilson died. I had two um, in my booth, two kitchen knife. I had a nine over here, a 32 on me. And that's the way we walking the streets. And one day it was a snowstorm, 87, you know, right after Wilson died. It was snowing a little bit, and um, a car was backing up my sedan, and I pulled out. And when the car stopped, I went to, you know, to shoot. And I'm thinking it's coming for me. Right. And it was Ophirio, rest in peace. And I was like, yo, I was just about to blast you. You know, like, yeah. you know, I was, you know, Butcher was on fire. We was at war. Right. It was wartime. It was wartime. And um, I got locked up. Mm. And I, I went upstate to do a one or three and did five out of it. And uh, that five years, my, you know, you learn and you grow. Right. And I was like, damn, nobody ain't doing no movement while I was away. Why are they waiting for me to come home? No, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I understand. You know, like, I felt I like, why all these years passed and nothing got done? There was a few shootouts. And I heard a story. Yes. And yes. All that. I, I heard about that, too. They did, you know, don't get me wrong. They did went and it was back and forth stuff. Yeah. Shooting, and a lot of that going on. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Absolutely. So did they, we did retolerate. They retolerated. We, You're right. I wasn't around for it. Right. But I went back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you know, let's get off that. Okay, let's get off that. We could get off that. So yeah, that's right. You know what? You're right. There was there was there was some type of retaliation. So you know oh, there was. So so when even I gotta ask you a question because somebody told me there was like, yo, ask Jay about those infamous shootouts with Benna was it? I don't know if you want to get into that, but I heard it was Benna? Is it Benna? That was the who's the nigga on the block? I don't know. I, I can tell you a story. I just came home in 1990, <laughs> right? I put little Louie from Hostry to sell on Troutman. Right. And um, they ran Louie out of Troutman. <laughs> that's my nigga. You know, Louis, you know, that's my man. I know I came on the block with an AK and just started shooting the And then everybody ran the next day. They were coming up to me. You didn't know who you was. You know, we just heard you just came home. Right. And I you know. And, you know, so Louis back on trap me now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm doing my little paper. And, uh, right. Thing I got into a, we was on. I was a Panda too. I'm sorry, Jay. It was a band. I think it was Pepe. Who's the nigga on the block? There was some old school niggas. The, was it Pepe or Panda? Pepe? I'm fucking up. Forget about it. If you don't, if it doesn't ring any bell, but they was telling me there was some. War. It was like, yo, you didn't remember when Jay and 
I'm, I thought it was Pepe or Pena. I don't fuck. I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I, I I didn't have beef for Pena. Pena was from Puerto Rico. No, 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 not that nigga. So I'm 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 saying. Oh, you talking about Pepe from Sudan? Sudan, yeah, the nigga. For, <laughs> you don't have to get into it. No, yeah, yeah. Listen to me. I know he passed away. Yeah, he passed away. It's not about getting into it. It's just that you have me a little confused. No, I but, fucked um, up. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Uh, what happened was. He came to Saddam Street, selling, selling, selling drugs on Saddam Street. We told him not to. Right. We told him that not was the rule, right? You know, and he didn't listen to it. He was a little older than us. He thought he right. could, you know. <laughs> so we gave him a little medicine, a wake up call. You know what I'm saying? And I, I heard it was, he had heart. Yeah, he I heard. Heart. I heard y'all was going back and forth. No, he, he had said, heart. I heard I'm your name. Him. I'm not gonna take it away for him. Right. I, I ain't gonna lie. We we did what we did. Right. It's me, Black Ray, and R.E. Rest in peace, R.E. Mm -hmm. We did our thing. Right. And, you know, like I said, I don't, I, 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 no I, did, I just don't, I would do something to you and walk, and tomorrow I would walk right by you. <laughs> you know, I wasn't one of those niggas that would do something and hide out a week or two and then come <laughs> back. No, I would do something. Right. Walk, I would go down that block. Fearless. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving the block. You're like, that. I'm not leaving the block. Listen, man, I've done shit on stand hold, putting them to people, and then go away there the next day like nothing. Right. You know, and um, but um, wait, wait. Anyway, we did that thing, right? Right. We gave him, a, we gave him a wake up call. Let mm -hmm. them get into a detail, but we right, gave no, him no, a wake no. up call. Right. Took some stuff. Right. And um, he responded. Don't get me wrong. Right. I came out. I had a. I, I think I had a Buick, a Super Sport Buick, Buick back then. And with, with a little money, I bought a big chain, a big chain I bought, I remember. And I, ca I came out the car, I had a girl in the car, I came out, he pulled out a gun on me. Mm. In front of Papito's building, pulled out a gun on me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're beefing back and forth. I know it was you, da, da, da. I'm like, y'all don't talk. So I get around the car, and he starts shooting, you know, and I'm ducking, you know, and I get to my house. So I go get my burner, and now we back and forth shooting. Wilson mm. comes out. Henry, we're all shooting. I'm talking about, you would have thought he was watching a Western movie. Man. I heard. I heard. We I were heard. shooting back and forth. We ran out of bullets, right? And Wilson tells me, rest in peace, yo, we need bullets. I said, I got you, man. So I go run into my house, dipping and trolling and all that. Into oh, my house, shit. Go to the backyard. But you know, back, you know, we just kind of those yeah. buildings. You come off on White Coat. I come on on White Coat, run to my boy house again. But when I come back, they shoot the squad. Lucio, rest in peace, Panama, oh, my father. Big, big, big dog coming. And the whole thing. Oh, shit. See, Lucio used to supply him. I didn't know. Mm. We didn't know. But he, he wasn't supposed to sell him Saddam. Right. And uh, that's how it happened, you know? So we oh. was more like the Robin Hood. You ain't, you know, if you don't listen, we're going to take, you know? Right, 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 right. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was, that was dope. That was funny. Uh, I know it's I'm crazy too saying that's just funny, but I'm saying it was it was a crazy story. But um take me now take me back to that moment with your pops before we go into you you to where you at right now. How important was that to you the first time you met your dad and you got and you shed a, and then you guys you really you realized how similar you guys were and what you have in common. I mean you want to talk about that? You're not the Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. No doubt. Um uh, anyway, uh my mother gave me some people's number to get in contact with that knew my father. Yeah. It's funny, right? This is how the world small the world is, you know. Um, that was on Hinrod and Irving. Um, my, my aunt lives there, which, you know, I found out afterwards she's my aunt. 
She needs to, you know, she needs to get high. She needs to cop off my workers. So I knocked on the door. She's screaming at me, what the hell are you doing here? I'm, I'm here to meet my father. She slammed the door. I see the peek hole back and forth peeking, you know? See, my father didn't trust nobody, but he did a lot of dirt, you know? So he thought somebody was trying to set him up, really. Right. And um, I guess my aunt looking, she comes out, look at me in my face. I look like my father. You don't understand my real father. Mm-hmm. And then she closed the door, come back out. And I go in there and meet him. My father's in a room in the dark, you know, hiding out. Uh, he might have been strapped. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then uh, we start talking. I told him who my mother was and everything just kicked, you know. And, uh, you know, I kind of hated him for years. And then I learned to forgive him. You know what I'm saying? I was angry with him for years. You know, uh, my father used to get high. And my first time I got high was with my father. You know what I'm saying? He opened the doors for me, you know, and uh, I hated him for that. You know what I'm saying? Then I went and did my bed and came home and I was good for a while. But, um, I'm one of those brothers that lived that lived all three. They tell you, if jail don't get you, death will get you. If death don't get you, you become an addict, you become drug. You know what I'm saying? I survived all three, and I'm here today. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know what it is to be out there. I know what it is to have, not to have. I know what it is to be alone and not to be alone. You know, uh, I experienced that, you know. I, I was like... Um, I, I got caught up in a thing called, you know, what you think reality is, was my fantasy. I lived in a fantasy. My reality was a fantasy. And I say that to say was because my boys meant everything to me. HBO, Wilson, Roderick, they were my brothers for life. Rodney, like, you could, I would do anything for these brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't care. You know, it's stupid to say it now, but I would have done anything for them, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, um, that's how deep it was, you know, like, they became my family beyond my family, and uh, there was nothing anybody could have done to them, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I, and I would have definitely responded to anything, any, anyone. You know, I didn't care who you was, who you ran with, you know, like, I didn't care. It's, 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 I can't it's, say well, because, you know, I remember even running, you know, and I ran, and, and what makes me so special, like, you know, I ran with a lot of real brothers, you know, like mm-hmm. I can tell you stories, you know, me, Mario Machete, Black Joey, rest in peace, Pistol Pete, you know, I ran, there's a time, I got a story to say about every situation with every different gangster brothers, you understand me? Mm-hmm. Real brothers, you know, live niggas that yeah. I ran with, yeah. you know, I ran with R.E., I, you know, I, I hung out with, I was running with Born Hardwack for a minute, you know what I'm saying? We did mm-hmm. a few things. I ran with Pistol Pete, Black Joey, you know, like I ran with Ralphie, I ran with Mario Machete, right. you know, my, my, I ran with the best of Butchery, and you, you know, know, the best, Wilson, Mario, Ralphie, I ran with the best, I went against the best, I fought the best, you know, Earl Carr, you know, like, I love them too, I ran with them, the yeah. twins, Earl and Carr, I ran with them, you know, Bebop. And rest in peace, you know, uh, Ruben from Jefferson, you know, he's still out here, you know, like, you know, boy, you, you know, I'm with everybody. What, what do you think was the, the, the biggest lesson you learned? I know every day, we, you know, we always try to 
learn something or try to change something. We we constantly evolving as human beings. But what you know, when you look back at your life, because you survived so much, you've been through so much. We didn't even get to the jail stuff, and we don't even have to. But that jail is a, is a, another animal within itself. And with all the people that you lost, you mentioned a lot of people that got killed in the streets or did long bids and stood away from their families and so much lost time. What what was what what was your biggest lesson you think you learned? I don't know. I sometimes I asked myself if I were to court a, a long stretch, twenty five years, mm-hmm. what would I be? What would happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was fortunate and blessed. I guess to be home, like, you know, I can tell you niggas, like, Lewis Blondhead, Lewis, HBO, mm-hmm. disappeared out the map. You know, like, brothers was running with us, Ruben, you know, a lot of brothers ran with HBO, war HBO, mm-hmm. disappeared, you know, like, in the 80s, you know, they ran with us for two, three years, disappeared. I'm a brother that I did the 80s, the 90s, and 2000. Like, I ran, I ran those hard for three hours. Right. <laughs> yes, you did. I did my bit. You know what I'm saying? I did my five years in and out of jail, mm-hmm. six months here, in and out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I ran three hours in Bushwick, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, and 2000. I met some good brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost my brother. I met Cheeto, rest in peace. TMP, Booby. I love that guy, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my dog, Booby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I ran with, you know, there was a time I used to pick up little Chris from Stanhope. He was always with me in my Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? Me. Rob, Rob from Hart Street told me you used to pick him up. You know, like, place. you know, like, I took everybody from TMP, all of us go to LES, jump out the car. You know, I had people everywhere that loved me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Kuwana's Project, you know what I'm saying? Antoine, Shorty Fresh. You know, I'm that nigga that I was just everywhere. Right. And I knew people everywhere. Wait, Bronx, but, the, the huge boys, 183rd boy. Like I was just everywhere. Why you why you think why you think you were so accepted everywhere you went? Why you think you were so loved? What do you think what is it about you that people just enjoy having you around? I know some people feared you, but you there's a lot of love too. So why do you think it was? Because I tell you one thing, when I was talking to a few people, one person in particular was telling me, he's like, yo, Jay taught me a lot. Jay, look for, for look. We talking about survival, and 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 he. This person was telling me was like, yo, when I was with Jay, he would he he. It was like a lesson. He would come up, and you know he had blocks, and he would go get some money, and he'd be like, look, you stay in the car. Matter of fact, I'm not staying in the car. Whatever it was, it was you had like a science to it. Yeah, Yo, you get out the car, never stay in the car because something happens. Boom, boom. You could just move with it, and he was just telling me how you was just. You were just raising them to to learn how to survive, been, not to be a gangster. I've been a lot of situations, you know, mm. like one time it was me, R.E. in my car. I had a super sport, black super sport, right? Mm-hmm. Buick. Right. And I remember a car in front of me slowing down. Mm-hmm. And a car behind me was there, right? right? So I'm feeling the vibes, you know. One thing that kept me alive was my instinct. Right. And uh, I'm telling R.E. and Pancho was with me, rest in peace. I'm like, something ain't right. We're going to be... You know, like, we're going to stop the car and jump out on point. Right. And we did that. When we jumped out, uh, Pops KB brought some guys that wanted to fight me from putting them, you know, uh, I fought them, fight them one-on-one. I went to cut. I always kept the razor in my mouth. I spit out a razor. I went to cut them in the face. They grabbed me. Pops KB stopped me from cutting them. And, you know, like, 
I seen a lot of things growing up, you know, and um, I didn't want to, you know, like uh, TMP to me, I, I got nothing but love for those guys. You right. know what I'm saying? Uh, they came, you know, I came home, they respected me for my past, but they still showed me love too, you understand? Right. You know, and uh, I showed them love back, you know, like yes, little shit was my mind. You know, that day he got killed, he was supposed to go watch the fight with me. At the mm -hmm. bar, the white shutter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he went to go get a drink, and I told the nigga, I'm gonna pick you up, and it was too late, he was gone, you know, booby. Right. Got shot in his ass for us at the club in Palladium, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, booby had a lot of heart, you know. Um, yes, he did. I you think, know, uh, you know, Perfirio, rest in peace, I love that nigga, you know, we ran together, you know what I'm saying? I know Perfirio since third grade, you know, we fought, I fought Perfirio three times. <laughs> I, you know, we fought one time in the rain, and I didn't feel like I got a good enough fight. <laughs> I was at Perfurio's house 7 o'clock in the morning the next day, streaming out Perfurio, when he's like, yo, what you want, Lizzie? I said, come on, let's go to Carbon and finish it up, baby. Let's go <laughs> and we all walked to Carbon, and we ridiculous. fought like for two hours at Carbon. You know what I'm saying? Me and R.E., same thing. I was robbing. I went to go rob somebody. R.E. didn't want me to rob the nigga, but the nigga right. owned me money. Me and all you got into a fight. We went to 162 before for an hour there. That's the most funniest shit. Back in the days, it was like arrangements. Okay, you guys will walk like 10 fucking blocks. Instead of fighting on site, no, let's go to the park. Let's go to the school. See, there's a catch to that. Because if you fought on the block or right there on White Court, they're going to stop it. Somebody's going to break it up. Right. You go to a park to school, ain't nobody breaking it up. You're going to fight to one of us four. Yeah, that's, that's the scary the, part. That was the more respect, <laughs> you see. A nigga could fight in the street on Nickelbacker Avenue. You cops are coming. Somebody breaking it up. No, ain't right. nobody breaking up this fight. We're going to yeah. Car Bar. We're going to 162. We're going to Bushwick Park. And uh, we'll uh, get it in, man. You got shot at one point, right? You yeah. You want to get into that? <clears throat> um, I came home in 90, right? Mm hmm After doing, uh, well, let me talk a little bit about that part, uh. Okay. Got locked up in 87, 86, came out on bail, went back. Um, I did two stabbings, right? One was in Grover Cleveland for my brother, rest in peace, Panama. Um, Lucio had two sons. Okay. He came with us in Panama Lance. And uh, Panama, me and Panama, me and Lance always argued a lot, but me and Panama was like, he was real cool, smooth. He reminded me a lot like Wilson. Real quiet, smooth. Okay. You know, in there. And they jumped in Grover Cleveland. So I went up there with Edgar from Stockholm. Uh, he, he, he picked up a stick to hit me. And I told him, if he, if he don't put it down and fight, you know, he's going to get hurt. And uh, right. anyway, he wound up swinging the stick at me. When he did, I had my box cutter on me. So when he came at me, I grabbed him and I just cut him all up. And... Uh, I got a I got caught for it. I was running to White Cove Hospital. I had a white jacket. It was all full of blood. And uh, I don't know what made me not throw the jacket away, but I turned it inside out. <laughs> and uh, they stopped me in the middle of the hospital when they seen the blood on the jacket. And the guy was in the hospital, unfortunately. And he pointed me out right there. Wow. So I got bailed out for that. Lucio again bailed me out for that. And... Uh, and it was me, Rodney, and Poncho. We was on Wilson and Decal. Rodney got into a beef with somebody. And they tried to bum rush us. We was in the hallway, in Chino's hallway. Mm. And um, um, we had a 22 and only one bullet in it. And um, 
Pancho opened when we opened the door, Pancho let loose, caught somebody in the face, and then um uh, closed there. We just started rubbling with these guys and um uh, yeah, I got caught for I don't know how, but I got caught for it. You know? <laughs> and then, uh, I got locked up again for two, you know, back to back, two stabbing. And um I was on probation for one stabbing, so I violated that. And I went to uh, I went to the woman top, a top, and um, I remember getting on the phone. I turned around, somebody stabbed me with an ice pick in my eye, mm. uh, right underneath my eye, about right here. You know, now I could have lost my eye. Wow. And um, I, I remember taking the phone and just beating the guy with the phone. I was full. Of, it was all bloody. You know, it was blood crazy everywhere. And the CEO was like, "Yo, they, they came in and broke it up." And um, he asked me if I wanted to go to another house. I was like, nah, I'm going right back into that house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went right back, and it was Black Gears, Devon. Now, unfortunately, I did my time with a lot of East New York, Bronx. You know, it was, it was a few butchery people I seen. I seen right. Jazz, rest in peace on the island. Little Irv, I seen on the island. But um, anyway, I went back in. They gave me my little love, respect, gave me a little slot on the phone. Back then, the phones were free. Right. Wow. And um, the end of the that was the beginning of '87. You know, right after Wilson died that week, I got locked up. And I had my first daughter. My my kid's mother was pregnant, so I had a newborn baby on the way. I was locked up for that. And um, I did I did a couple of months there. Then I went to the four building. From the four building, um, a few niggas from East New York was there. I see these brothers was there. Hitman was there. Few other brothers, you know, that was well known in the island. Right. Then I went to the sixth building where I hooked up with Chino Chang, rest in peace. Chino Chang and um Afro. Afro was from Borinka. Chino Chang, I believe, was from Park Slope, Bay Ridge, that way. And um Supreme had the house locked up, six main. Six building back then was off the hook. It wasn't like, you know, the way it is today or 90. Six building was a lot of parole violators and People going up north, you know, like six building was nothing compared to the nineties. Right. Thousand in the eighties. Uh, we had a lot of brothers there like Superman, Hitman, Chino Ventisinco, Chino, Chino Punyala, um, Dice was there, Old Man uh Giz was there, uh, so long story short, we wanted me and Chino Chang took over six main house. That became our house. J Rock was there. Black J Rock was from Fort Green. You got a good story about rappers. Hold up. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, who else was in the island with us? Superman, Chino Punyala, Chino, Chino Benjicinco. It was a lot. It was a lot of crazy brothers in there that had a lot of hot wild. So anyway, we took over the six building, six main, and I was just wilding, man. I remember I set off the ride in the mess hall with this with the ride squad. I remember the riot. We we settled the uh, in six main. We fought the riot squad in six main. Put shampoo on the floor with water, baby oil. So when the riot squad comes in, they were falling. We had mob sticks, broomsticks, and we were just going head up. We got our, you know, I got whipped after that. I know that. Uh, and six main, you know, there was my my nickname was Bushwick. There was two Bushwick at that time. It was Black Bushwick from Bushwick Avenue, West in Peace, and it was Puerto Rican Bushwick. A lot of brothers called themselves Bushwick in jail now, but I was that original Bushwick in jail in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um, I was just running wild. I ran through that. I went to Collins. I went to Elmira. 
You know, um, I was there with Killer Ben and Elmira, rest in peace. Killer Ben went gun for gun with Face and all that. You know, Killer Ben. It's a lot of jails still. A couple of rumors that were out, you know, but, right. um, you know, um, I was just running wild in the island, you know, and it's funny because I remember this old time outlaw from the Chingalines from the Bronx told me, right? And Collins, he was like, yo, man, you know, you got a lot of heart, I'll give it to you. But I see you doing life. I'm like, crazy, I ain't going to do life, nigga. He said, the way you're going, man, you just wild. You're wild like you got life. And you only got a one or three. You got, you know, like, you just going crazy. You know what right. I'm saying? Then Mousy came through Conley and me. And Mousy was just running crazy in Conley, you know? And then I went to Elmira with Green Eyes Mike, Pep FMD. Right. You know, we just, just running that wild life. Like, you know, I was... You know, back to what I was telling you, right? You know, I wrote a book, and the, my, my name of my book is called The Truth of a Street Lifer. Mm. I tell you to tell you that because I was that brother that the street was my life. Like, I was so caught up into the street. Like, yeah. I would break nights in the street. I had a home. You know my father, Lucho. Lucho had money. I still wanted to rob and stick up and hang out with the guys. Like, you know, Lucho was one of the best for me, but I was just... It was in my blood. You know, my father was wild. It was in the blood, man. It right. called me. And I just, I was so attracted to the street and the fame. You know, Lizzie J, J this, J that. It was a time. The name ringing bells, yeah. There, there was a time everybody started calling me KB. Yo, KB, Bushwick, KB. You know, like, because you remember I hung out at the dark side of Bushwick. Right. And they all knew I was a KB. But I was in, hanging out with Papa Wilson, and I was doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I just kept running wild. You know, there was a time me and Mario, before Mario started the Bushwick Wild Posse, which he's the president of that crew, me and him started hanging with me, Black Mario, Aunt Rest in Peace, Bebop, Ronnie. You know, like, we was running around Bushwick just wild and going from Eastern District to Franklin K. Lane and just running wild and all that. And, you know, I ran with these brothers, you know, Ralphie, rest in peace. I ran with them, boy, Wood, uh, who else from Woodbine? You know, the Woodbine crew I got love right. for, putting them crew, you know, on um, the time, you know, Joker, you know, niggas don't even know who Joker, Joker's from the dark side, rest in peace. You know, we see, um, Era Cool J came to Butcher High School, 1980. I don't know, it was 85, or it was around that year, right. to do a talent show. And uh, when LL's Cool J was coming out, you know, back then we had that attitude. You from Queen, you ain't from Brooklyn, you ain't coming out here. Right, right, right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn so everybody knew Brooklyn. LL Cool J was Brian. coming out with his bodyguards. Me and Joker just ran straight towards LL. He snatched one chain, I snatched the other chain, and we chain ripped. You know what I'm saying? And we both had a piece. He had the plate, I had the chain in my hand, and we just started wilding out on LL Cool J. He had a limousine. I took the garbage can, threw it in the back of the window. You know, we was repping Bushwick hardcore, man. You know, I'm a diehard Bushwick. You know, I love my people in Bushwick, man. You from Bushwick, I love you, man. You know, I don't care what situation you're in. I'm that brother that will stand by your side, you know. I had brothers come to me that had beef. Yo, you know, come hold me down. Me and Rodney will go hold them down. Like, you know, go ahead, nobody jumping, nobody. Get yours, you know. We was no, just that I brother, man. It's where hold up, bro. You know how I am connected with hip hop. You know I love hip hop. <laughs> you right? Everybody knows the twins is hip hop. You yeah. tell me, I'm at LL Cool J. Wait, LL Cool J pulls up in the limo to go do this show. It was a talent show. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> it 
Don't even, let's not even recap. Nah, I hope Arrow Cool Dead don't come back on me on it. Yeah, we went and snatched his chain up there. You know, yo, that was the, the Brooklyn way. That was the Brooklyn way. I don't that care. Was the Brooklyn way. You Everybody know, knows uh, that Brooklyn. You know, uh, I threw the garbage can into the back window, broke the window to the limousine. You know, uh, this is a true story. I sent you a clip of people bringing it up to me. 30, 40 years later, nigga sent me a clipping on Facebook. I sent it to you. To yeah. him, the guy telling me, you know, I, I didn't even think about it, done about it. He's like, yo, listen, nigga, Eric Cool J said he wanted his chain back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but he's the witness. He was there, that brother. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 he got right. his own thing going on. Slim, slim, short five, something like that. He got okay. going on like what you do. Okay. So he got his own thing going on. And, you know, Shout he sent me him. that text on Facebook. And I sent it to you to show you, you know, like. Yeah. It's just not me just saying it. No, 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 no. That's not what we're here but for. I like to show proof about it. And and let me and look, look. That was a long time ago. Shout yeah. out to LL. He's a so pioneer. You, L, you was my man back in the eighties. It was just different in the eighties. Shout out to LL. It was just different in the eighties. Anyway, so um, so yeah, you was breaking it down. So you telling me all this crazy shit that happened in New York. You, I mean, New York in jail. You don't only got a three five, but you acting like a lifer or OG try to break it down to you like yo, young and chill, man. You wildin'. You're gonna be Listen here forever. Me. I was at Elmira, right? Um, it was me. Uh, Pistol Peters is from Central Avenue, MSD crew, but um that kid had Matt Hardy. Yeah, are you talking about Pistol P from the uh, runs with Fat Joe and them, the kill all rats? That Pistol P or this is a different Pistol P? Mm, I think he's a, I think he's a rat hunter now, but uh yeah, because I, I know I don't even piss the only reason I ask you because I know Pistol Pete, the Pistol Pete that I know he, he connected with Fat Joe, Terror Squad, and like he they did a whole the, nah, did, nah, this is little Petey. Okay, Pistol there's somebody else. There's another Pistol Pete, right? You know, I, I, I just lived a fantasy life, like I lived that life, and you know, what, what was reality to me was just a fantasy, man. Right. And I was caught up in that fantasy for so many years, even as an adult, like 35 years old, I was running around with your crew, your, you know, your era yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know I know you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gee, I'm, you know, I did my noise in the 80s. Yeah. I did all that, but I was still running. I was so caught up in that street life, man, that it took me a long time to wake up and realize that, you know, that shit ain't getting me nowhere. You know, every time I turned around, I was catching them, getting locked up or something. Let me, let me ask you a question, Jay, right? There's a couple. There, there's a couple of turning points. There was. There's one where Wilson is about to get it real, real bad, and um, you hit the guy. Boom! You come back. You're the block hero. That was a turning point for you, right? Then, um, then there was another turning point for you. You met your pops and all that. That that was hard for you to to uh, to 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 reconcile with him and forgive and forgive him for for what he has done to you and. Um, and then um, there's another turning point with um, Wilson Bones. You lose your man. That was hard for you. Then you go to a jail, and then you got a baby coming in at the same. All that happened at the same time. You're in jail three to five. So we still got to get to the part when you know what you get shot up. But uh, um, we're gonna get to that. And then I definitely want to hear what was the turning point to what makes you <coughs> the man you are today, because. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not doing that no more. You're not running around, cutting it. I hope you're not. <laughs> uh, you know, right now, you're just doing, you're doing grown man shit, man. You're right now, you're being a great dad. But I don't want to get into that right now. But I definitely, at some point, I want to talk about what was the other turning point. So you're running in jail. So what happens to you? That I think jail just, 
I took Jared apart like everything goes, and there's nothing you could do to me no more. Right. You know, I'm locked numb. up. You know. You think you was numb, right? You was numb. Yeah, I was. You know, like I lost my man. Way, I was in jail for a crime. I did. Right. You didn't commit. And I could. I felt like jail. You could do you. You could stab. You could. You could fight. It doesn't matter. Bing was nothing. I was always in a bing. Six months in a bing, 30 days. That didn't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you was nothing you could do to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Jail was a place where you could live your wildest fantasy as a street thug and to do anything. But back then, you could stab and get, you know, you didn't catch a new bit like it was right. happening in the 90s now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Back then, you know, you, you stab a nigga, you cut a nigga. It wasn't no new bit. It was right. it. You went to the bing 30 days, you came out, went to another house. Right, and I, you know, I ran with the brothers in there, and, and um, it just, you know, like I, I felt, you know, I honestly, I didn't have nobody come visit me. My mother would come see me, mm-hmm. and it made me more colder. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then when I went up north, ain't nobody come visit me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And clothes only brother that sent me a pair of sneakers up north. I remember that a pair of red and white nights. Okay, shout out to Clover, real nigga shit. Yeah, you know, Clover's like the only nigga. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, you know, Chloe, I love Chloe. When I got stabbed on on Bushwick Avenue, they had put a contract out on me out there. And I guess I was walking, I was walking down the avenue by myself. I had my full lane goose on me. And uh, I see the guy across the street looking at me. And I'm like, he's staring at me. And I'm like, I'm on point. You know, I'm like, there's something ain't right, you know. But little I knew there was guys behind me already. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm watching him, but I didn't know that was behind me. But um, they didn't have no guns. They had ice picks, and they just ice picked the shit out of me all up. Caught my lungs. Clo was in the hospital, bringing me soups every day. My lungs didn't want to come back up, you know. Um, uh, how many attempts you had on your life? Uh, I've been to a lot of shit right there on White Coffin. Um, White Coffin murder that you that um that little that was a diner there. It was a grill right there. Yeah, you talking about not Smelly Melly? You talking about Smelly Melly? Smelly white Coffin murder where they got the shares at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a diner. They got the diner there on the side. Okay. They had a diner in the front. Oh, okay. They made hamburgers and everything. Okay. And um, Henry got us some beef on Star Street. And they came. And I seen the shotgun come out the window, pointed right at me. I was right next to Wilson. And we both died over the grill. And the shotgun went off. You know what I'm saying? Bro, y'all, you was, yo, y'all and, niggas um, escaped like y'all was, y'all was shooting this shit like it was water guns. Y'all kept shooting at each other. Bushwick was crazy, bro. Yeah, it was crazy in Bushwick, man. Damn. Was, so uh, what happened? Was, you know, like, what happened? My life, was, I was so caught up into the street, and I was one of those brothers. Like you had a lot of crews, you know. I'm not gonna put them out there. Damn. A lot of crews, well, you know, they 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 fought. They had heart. They didn't leave. They didn't leave their corner. They didn't leave their block. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right. It's safe to be nah, on your own block. Me, me right. and Poncho, rest in peace. I was Poncho was with me everywhere. We was everywhere. You know what I'm saying? We let's, go to Putnam. We go. To let's East talk about Poncho a little bit. I don't want. Look, I, I want. We gotta get to the point where you get shot. But Poncho, rest in peace. Um, because I his name came up a lot, and while talking to you, of course, that's original HBO. How how you took his death? I took Poncho death really hard because um, the simple fact was Beanie was speaking a week before he passed away, and I was trying to get him to move to Connecticut. I told him he had to get away from New York, you know? Right. And um, to come up here, you know, and he was thinking about it, you know, and I should have went down there and just picked him up. He wanted to think about it, and then he committed suicide. 
I took it so hard, I didn't even go to the funeral, to be honest with you. I was in so much pain up here, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. Poncho was like, Poncho and Ronnie was like the only two real, and Chloe, I would say, were the only three real brothers I really had. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, uh, that were still real. But you got to remember, HBO started, we were strong, we fought. But um, it didn't last HBO because everything went separated, and only the real, 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 real niggas from HBO maintained that level. Like Wilson, Poncho, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Chloe. A lot of the HBO that was around us just faded away because it was getting really hot, and it was getting too hot for them. You understand? Right. And they, they, which don't get me wrong. Today, I'm proud of them. You have brothers that. Like Ruben, he met his wife. They, they've been together 20, 30 years. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? Louis disappeared. You know, a lot of brothers from HBO just, you know, when shit got really hot, you see, you know, they just was, you know, like, yo. Right, right, you know, right, right. It's getting too hot. They're like, fuck this shit. This shit's getting too crazy. And I was a nigga that just kept going. You know, like, you know, like, I just didn't know when to stop, how to stop. I just kept going. Like, you know, I was everywhere. And so, so if I wanted something, I took it. It didn't matter. Right. You know, I had niggas come back. Yo, that's my shit, you know. Or big, bigger connection. I look at them like, man, get the hell out of my face, man. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> so had yo, like Mr. B so, and Boy Chartel. And you should own had a big plate, Mr. B. I remember him running, you know, going to go over Cleveland. We chased him down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to get him. Yo, Jay. I remember one time we was in Chart- and Broadway Chartel, right? Um, me, right. Pancho, and Spunky. Yeah. And Black Ray taught me that shotgun, and I had the shotgun <laughs> under my thing. And right. they did it slick. They did it real slick. They came to Poncho. So I, I see when they take Poncho out to the hallway. So when I go out there, it was slow. I'm talking about they had us dead right. Lewis Avenue boys pulled out on us, and they just had the straps on us. And, you know, but I ain't backing down. I'm like, yo, for about, and I'm beefing with Mr. B. He was the owner. And we're beefing back and forth, and showing sure up. My man Bosco, rest in peace. Like I said, I was that brother that ran a little bit with everybody. Right, 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 right. Me and Bosco ran together for a little while from the 31s on Troutman. And the night we was doing our thing, running to Troutman like nothing. And uh, Bosco came in with people, and they was like, nah, you ain't touch. Nobody's touching that. That's my man there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm hyped now. Bosco's here. We ready to get this on. Uh, <laughs> right, I, I right, want right. to fight now. I'm telling Bosco, yo, Bosco, bring that nigga outside. Let me fight that nigga one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? And B didn't want to come outside and fight, and they were trying to squash it. And I was hyped. You know, nigga violated. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. I'm like, yo, come outside, nigga. Let's fight this fair one. You know? You know, no, but, I ran with a lot of brothers, man. A lot no, of brothers. I, I know, but Jay, let's get yo. I, I know you got so much. Yo, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, I got, I got so stories we, forever, man. So what happened to you getting shot, though? Anyway, back then I came home in '90, right? I lasted right. three days on the street, and I got locked up again. You know what I'm saying? Of course you did. And I did. And um, I knew I was coming home, right? So I was more of a quiet chick when I got locked up in the '90. I wasn't trying to wild out. I just, you know, I just did five. Lasted mm-hmm. three days. I was, I'm gonna be home for a minute, you know? Right. And um, I knew it being the case, Ronnie took care of the lawyers for me and everything. And um, uh, anyway, I wound up coming out and doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? And um. Uh, Money started, that's Lazy Boy was rolling. You know, I had Lazy Boy rolling on trial, man. Putting them, Lazy Boy was the shit out there. You know, I had it rolling. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I met um, Thor. I, well, I knew Thor from back in the day. We started, he's dead too, rest in peace. We started running together. He told me he had something in Baltimore clicking up there. And um, we started going to Baltimore. You know, we I'm talking about we was doing our thing up there, man. Right. And Baltimore doing our thing up there. And uh, I felt it was a setup, you know, to this day. I don't know the truth about it. I'll be right. honest with you. You know, I know that I was that transaction, I wasn't supposed to be there. I went that night and uh the dude so, pulled out the gun to and I had my shit in the trunk. I ain't gonna lie, it was in the trunk. Mm -hmm. And I know my shit is smoking. He was like, yo, let me get another one to try. And I'm like, I already caught the vibe from the street. You know, you right, 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 right. I feel the vibe of it. Something ain't right. So he had a bag, a brown bag. It's supposed to be money in there. But something just, my instinct was like, get close up on him, you know? So we're talking. I'm trying to get close to him as we talk. Thor was in the other side of the car, and I had this other girl standing there. You know what I'm saying? And... uh we're going back and forth. Yeah, my shit is smoking. I'm trying to get close, but I already knew what time it was. Right, 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 right. And when I said, yo, I want to see some money. When he went for the money, he pulled out a gun. Mm. But I was close enough to grab the gun. Mm. And we started wrestling, going you know, going up and down with the gun. And when it came down, it hit me right here, and I fell. And he just kept shooting me. Shot me nine times. Ooh. And he came right here. And some bullet glazed me. One went in here. Came out here. This is with a nine millimeter. <clears throat> and um he shot the other kid under the heart and he shot the girl in the shoulder. Um but um I just couldn't seem like you know I, But he was trying to rob you? I don't understand. He just He wanted to rob me, but I was like I couldn't see myself giving it to him, you understand? So it, it wasn't like he I felt it was going to be something, and when he pulled out the gun, I was close enough to grab it. What happened was, I'll be honest with you, if I had Poncho or somebody with me, it would have been a reverse around. We would have took the gun off him, right? and we would have probably caught the body. You understand? Right. But um, at that point, I was running with some other brothers that wasn't as wild as we was, right. but it was just about getting money. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> and when I grabbed the gun, we wrestled in, they froze on me. Mm. So instead of them jumping in, they right. were just like watching. Right, right, right. See what happens from there. Shot nine times, but he didn't get nothing out my trunk. He didn't get nothing out my car. It came out in the front papers in Baltimore. Um, three days later, I was cuffed to the back. You know, uh, you know, and I. And we not to get into that. Nah, just yeah, we not to get into that case. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, damn. I, I was paralyzing his arm for two years. I couldn't move his arm. I'm talking. About I was just dead. They was calling me dead arm. And I came home like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh. I can tell you today, I had, I was a little, I was in fear. I wouldn't say that back then. Right. But today I can say I was scared because I was coming home. I knew I did a lot of shit in the street. Right. I had a lot of enemy. And I right. knew I couldn't be that Lizzie J no more because my right. arm is, you know, it's half dead. Right. Paralyzed, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was walking around with straps and everything. And, and I just, I guess I was. Was that the turning point when you guys, that's, that's. For me, I'll be honest with you, I always felt I was untouchable. Right. For me, growing up, I felt I was untouchable. Right. I could tell you straight now, there's not one person in the butcher can ever say they robbed Lizzie J. Not one person. Right. I'm talking about even in the 80s, man, everybody was getting robbed. Right. You know, there was a time they ran up on me, and little George from Putnam, he was like, nah, that's, that's Lizzie J. Chill. You know what I'm saying? They might have caught. They would have probably caught. Right, 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 right. Right. But, you know, I was well known through the neighborhood. And they were like, you know, I would have definitely got mine back. But uh, right, right, I right. got robbed. 
There's not one point you can say they ever knocked me out and beat me down. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, I, I might have got snuffed and, and and knew that my instinct told me come back. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And I would come back, and that was then. That was in the later nineties. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, and right. I said, let me go get my burn, and then we come back. You know what I'm saying? Right. But back in the eighties, they was they were just, I was in. No, no, no. In the eighties, when you was young, you, nobody was fucking with you, bro. I would walk into parties, but they would throw the parties just... in the basement. And when I walk in, they jam me. When I walk in, all you heard, <laughs> everything stopped. You're not invited. I'm like, click, man, put the music back on, man. Let's rock, you know? And it was like that. Cornelia, I would like walk into jams. You know, it was just, you know, I lived a crazy lifestyle, man. You so know, what was the turning point, Jay? Does this bring it the home? The turning point Is was you? when I got shot, I realized I wasn't Superman. I always felt I was mm. above everybody. I always felt I was untouchable. Mm. Like, you know, I got stabbed or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But when I got shot, I seen death, you know what I'm saying? I remember that all I seen was everything got black. I seen my daughter face, or my first born, my daughter. I seen a baby face, and that was it. I woke up three days later, you know what I'm saying? You went in a coma? Huh? You went to like in a coma or something? I guess I was in a coma for three days, you know? That's what they told me I was right. like, I was out for three days. Right. And then uh, I was finding the case up there. You know, I was all messed up in uh, in Baltimore jail. You know, the jail up there is real crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I got extradited to New York. I had a case going to trial to New York, but they didn't go pick me up in Baltimore, so they gave me 90 days. I copped out to the 90s, even six building. Yeah. And when I came home, I felt a part of me just died out right there. I was paralyzed. You know, everybody still showing me love, right. but I was I was leery. When I, my first week home, I remember running up with two or three people houses that um thought that had something to do with it. I thought it was set up, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I I, I dealt with the person before in New York. <clears throat> he always buys a lot, and um, it just didn't seem right, the picture, you right. know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, it happens to the best. You know, niggas that got a lot of heart, they don't want to see you get on top, you know what I'm saying? I yeah, felt yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. I felt I had the heart. I was making money. And I would have been a threat to everybody. And uh, but you know what? You you come think about it in hindsight, that that shooting, as unfortunate it was, and thank God you're alive to hit to tell it. But I think that that maybe that maybe slow you down a little bit. Like you said, you realize your ain't slowed me down. <clears throat> you know, it slowed me down. I would say, uh, I was, you know, I was a little older too. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I'm saying. Already. Um, I've been to a lot and from a young age. You know, I was out in the street with 15, running around, 16, yeah. running around, knocking out people, stabbing people, you know, like... Robbing you know, people. Robbing people. <laughs> I didn't have to, but I had Lucho. Right, right. You know, it was, I love the thrill. I think I like the fact to see <clears throat> you being a tough guy, and when I pull out on you, and you bitching up on me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. love that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, you got off on it. <clears throat> you know, that, was, that was your high. That was that your was high. That was my high, you know? Right. And then um, I would come back the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I would let you know, like, ain't nothing pumping this way. I'm right. here. Like, right. you got to score, I'm here, you know? And I did that everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of people said it was crazy because I was, like, chasing, playing a game with death because, you know, right. I've done things to people, and I would act like nothing happened the next day. And I would, I would walk by you. I would even say, what's up to you after I robbed you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and keep on like that, you know? And where do you think you at right now? 
Like to take uh, me to uh, where you at right now. Took me a long time. You know what I'm saying? I came to Connecticut with the same attitude. I'm not even gonna let you lie. I'm not gonna right. sit here and lie. Right. I came here, knocked out a police. Did three years up here for that. I did three years in Connecticut, and I think Connecticut jail kind of broke me because it's not like New York. New York, everything goes. Right. You know, you're wild over here in Connecticut. It's locked down. Uh, nothing wild up here. It's just locked down, 23 hours. And when I came out, you know, it was just part of me was missing. Yeah. I felt empty, you know, and then I would go to New York to the, to hang out with Ronnie and we would go mm-hmm. to the club. Mm-hmm. And it became a point where, I, you know, I was in a club one day with me, Ronnie, um, J.E. was there. And, you know, we all had a little car, we were up there. And I felt empty. I felt like, and I remember I, I drove from Connecticut three hours, you know, right. I just stayed a weekend up here. I remember telling everybody, you I'm going back home. I left that day and um, stopped hanging out and stopped clubbing, and you know, and um, you know, even though I lived up here since two thousand, I was always in Bushwick, you know, like right, 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 right. I go to Bushwick every other weekend. You know, right. I'm here. You need, you know, you know, whatever was gonna happen, gonna happen. I'm not gonna, right. you know, and um, I was always out there, and part of me was just dying. I remember uh, my real father was dying of cancer, and. Um, I went to take care of him in the Poconos. I moved up there for a year to take care of him. And um, I remember when I opened him, when he opened the door, my father, you know, he got some, you know, I heard stories about him. He was like a cold stone killer, you know, he was wild. Yeah. And I seen the fear in his eyes, you know what I'm saying? And he was alone, you know, he didn't have a girl, he was just alone. And like, you know, like he knew he was gonna die alone, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember seeing that and I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna die like that, you know? And then after he passed away, I came back to New York and then went to Florida. And I was in, on the roof. On my, you know, I moved around. I, I traveled to the whole Florida. Right, right, right. I went from Port Lucie to Orlando to Tampa, Hollywood. Like I, I was up there six months and I, I went to all, I'm talking about almost all of Florida, you know, Spring right. Hill. <clears throat> you know, everybody's up there, you know. I went visiting everybody. Right. And I was on, I was getting a sunshine and um I seen some letters in the sky, I said, God. And when I looked at it, you know, I didn't know what that meant. And I sent the pictures right. to the news. It was like, it was, you know, a lot of pictures, they say, you know, it could be reflection of the light and all right. that. Right, right, And they said, this is, you know, they get a lot of these pictures, but this is nothing tampered. Then I asked my aunt, and she told me that meant to stay still, you know. Mm. And um, at that point, because I'm going to be honest with you, I was beating myself up for years. Right. A lot of things I did, you know, I ran up on people's houses because they owed me money. You know, I did a lot of stupid shit growing up. Right. And the guilt was tearing me up, eating me up alive. And I remember that um, I had to forgive myself. It wasn't about forgiving them. Right. I had to forgive myself. And uh, when I forgave myself, I became I became at peace with me. And when I became, when I got that inner peace within myself, that's when I became a better person, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, I I got six kids, you know what I'm saying? I raised four, so there's 11 kids, you know. Uh, I got five girls, one boy, and I raised another boy. He was just, you know, he seen me being wild. He was in East New York and all those being wild too. I was yeah. scared of something happening to him. I had to watch his back, you know. And um, came to a point where, you know, like, I was just tired of being tired, sick and tired of being tired, yeah. right? You know, like, I just wanted to live life, you know? And, um, and that's, that's what you're doing now. And that's you know, exactly. I'm living life, you know, I got, exactly. I got married. 
five years, four years, four years and something going on five years now. You congrats, know? congrats. You know, she's a beautiful woman. She made it happen. We had a big, I'm talking about a humongous wedding. That's what's you know, up. Like, niggas, the niggas like, this is Jay. Humongous <laughs> wedding. And That's what's up. Underwater. She already know I'm talking about a wedding that movie stars have. You know, I'm talking amazing. about it was amazing, man. The sunset. Um, that's beautiful, baby. Kids a lot. I got fourteen grandkids. You know um, how this this is. I work. Yeah. I'm home. Right. I'm always on my grill in the yard. You know, living you know, life, bro. Bought me an eighty-six inch TV for my birthday. That's right. I'm loving that shit. You know, <laughs> eighty-six inch, and I got a sixty-five here. This was in the living room. That's what's That's up. Sixty-five. I and got an eighty-six now. Yo, let me let me tell you something. When 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 we when we spoke. What time you say you was going to sleep? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's a beautiful thing. No, no, think about it. You yeah. said you said I'm sick of tired of being tired. And nowadays you're able to go to sleep at eight o'clock and just chill, man. Like you say, you're enjoying life. And this is how I want to end this podcast. Like I said, this is not to glorify all the violence that took place. That this is to celebrate that you survived this that you're able to tell me at the end of this story, yo, right now I just show with my grandkids and I'm chilling with my with my wife. I enjoy TV. I go to sleep early. I work hard and that's it. And that's why I want people to understand that um, this podcast is to celebrate brothers like you that survive hardship times, man. Back then it was it was crazy. It was at, it was definitely crazy, time. man. You know, and, like and you, and you, you guys know, I remember being in Frankie K Lane, me and Pancho with Survivor mm -hmm. 50 guy. Don't know how we're gonna Always. get out of it. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't know. I, I tell you one thing today. back then I would tell you I was lucky. Right. Today I can tell you God's been watching me Absolutely. my entire life. You know what I'm saying? I've been shot nine times, I've been stabbing two occasions that should have died through the stabbings. Right. Uh I've been rushed, bum rushed many times. We got out of it. Right. Like a trooper, you know, uh um, you know, I love Bushwick, you know, um, I don't regret my past, you know, I had a lot of fun out there, Bushwick was definitely a time where right. it was nothing but love and fun, I'm talking about, man, you know what's 200 Bushwick brothers in 42nd Street? That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, look, I'm- a, I'm 100, a, I'm talking about from Putnam to Troutman, all of 42nd, yo, breaking night on Troutman. Right. No, I'm going to do a trauma story too. Listen. No, listen to me. We're going to look, Jay. Go, go. Okay, well, you see HBO. Let me explain this one thing now. Troutman was never nothing. The regular block. They had their three day black party there. The first one that started hustling on Troutman was Cold Crush. Mm. Cold Crush is HBO. Why? Because those niggas that was working with Cold Crush was HBO. Wilson, Joey, Joe. Right. You see, everything was on Jefferson and White and Nickelback and White Corp. Okay. And then they moved it over to Trotman when it got too hot out there. Right. And then Trotman became 42nd Street. Break mm -hmm. at night, you go there at 3, 4 in the morning, it was popping on Trotman. 
No, look, listen. Let's not go to. We're gonna do. We're gonna say trauma for another time. I want to end it. What's the last? I'm gonna give you the last closing words. What's the last words you want? You want people to um walk away from, and then we end it there. If you could say anything, better yet, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? What Jay would tell Lizard Jay back then? I would tell myself. Uh... I would have tried to bring cash. I would have tried to stick on reality, set it in a fantasy, mm. on, on on the on the life, the meaning of life, and um, like you know, today I learned what a four hundred one k is and what a pension is. Mm. You know, I didn't have a my mother and father didn't teach me that years ago. Right. You know, like I tell my son, yo, make sure you get a job, and you got four hundred one k. Try to get a job with a pension or something. Right. You know, like we didn't know these things that you understand. Right, absolutely. 100%. You know, like you know. I, I I got boys right now that were CEOs on Rockers Island. They retired 20 years later. Yeah. But they've been working there since they were 17, 18 years old. Right. You Facts. know, like Yeah. So what would you so what would you be what would you tell yourself? To I, was, I, I, I would tell my younger me that uh this is all a fantasy and get back on track in life. You know what I'm saying? Become you don't need to prove to be a tough guy or wannabe or follower. You need to be your own person. Mm. And make a life for yourself because what you do today is what holds in your future for tomorrow. In other words, like um, I never had a license. I got a license when I moved to Connecticut. I was 35 years old. Right. I had 3,000 tickets. I had to go back and forth to court to beat these tickets. Right. But what I'm saying is, you know, what you do today, you will pay the price tomorrow. There's no getting around it. There's no shortcut. Everything comes with a price. Everything. Well, everything you reap, you will reap. You understand me? Right. Like, in other words... What you uh, reap is what you sow, yeah. What you sow, you're going right. to. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was no exempt. You know what I'm saying? I got shot, I got stabbed, I did a little time. You know, I did my downfall. You know, I you know, right. I don't regret nothing. But right. if I could turn the tables around, I would have let that street life... That was a joke. That was a fantasy. Right. I would have let that go and became a man. At a young age, I'm just becoming a man now. Right. I'm I'm mm. still learning things as I go. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like today, I'm very humble. Right. You know, I get into a disagreement in the street. You know, it's all good, man. There's no need for that, my brother. Right. So good. You know what I'm and, saying? And Back in my head, I'm saying you don't even know. <laughs> you about to say me, that? Bro, but listen, <laughs> the beast will always be in me. If you got heart, it's always gonna be there. You, but you got this today. Let me tell you something, and then this is what I'm gonna end it with. I was watching Mike Tyson's podcast, right? Yeah. And he said, he said, you, you know, you know what's scary? What's scary is that sometimes I feel like a bitch nowadays because I know this is Mike Tyson saying this. I feel like a bitch nowadays and, and, and the beast inside me, he's dying to come out and I'm so afraid because if he's going to, if he comes out, He's coming with hell. He's he's coming with hell behind him. And I'm fucking up exactly what he said. But the fact that he's like, y'all don't know that sometimes when I look at myself and I just see myself calm, I'm like, yo, it's not that he's not happy. Like, but he just like, he knows that that, that animal's inside. That beast is always going to be in you. But you see, you become, you come to a point in your life, I'll be honest with you, I'm scared of myself. It's that's right. what that's what he's saying though. I'm scared of myself. Right. I'm not scared of you. I'm scared if you take me to that level. There's no turning back for me. Right. I'm scared. You know you what know, you're capable of doing. You know, like 
Oh, I'm shit, not trying got... to catch a bait. I'm not trying to do time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need to prove to you who I am. I don't need, like, if I got a beef with you years ago, you know, I don't even think about that. You know, if, right. you, if you're if you thinking about it, that's on you. Right. You got to live with that. I'm not even thinking about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, it becomes a point in your life that you, you just, you know what Let you're it go. capable of doing. Right. And when, and when you know you're capable of doing, it puts you to think like, Am I ready to risk all I got now? Right. I got a beautiful home. I got a beautiful wife. Right. I got grandkids. Right. Oh, a stupid asshole. Right. That ain't thinking what mm. I used to be 30 years ago, but that's the way I was 30 years ago. Right. You think I'm gonna feel no, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and look, that's that's the way like, we end it, man. You I'm live home, and you, you learn. Don't put your hands on me. Right. Don't touch me. No, no. Nah. Nah. But you can say what you want, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't care, you know. I, I learned in life, this is what keeps me going. There are people, people are sick, and they are sick of other people. How can I say it all? Some people are sicker than others. You understand right. me? Right. It, it doesn't mean toughness, even verbally. Some people are just sicker than others in right. this world. Right. And you got to respect them for who they are. It doesn't right. matter. They could be crazy, mentally disturbed. You don't know what they're going through. Depression. Right, 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 right. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, the only thing I could say, Bush got a lot more love back then. Right. It was a lot more real. We respected right. the junkie. Right. The junkie showed us love. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, we, the homeless, we looked out for them. We gave them food. Right. We bought the McDonald's. You know, like, Bush had a lot of love. And there's still a lot of love. A lot of real people came out of Bush. Right. And to and this day, 30, 40 years later, we still connect. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that and that's and and I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna say this is why I created this podcast because I wanted to tell every um you the real people. There's so many real individuals that survived so much in that neighborhood at a time of darkness, chaos. There was like I said, it was mayhem, and you guys survived. And it was a point for me to tell the story. I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast and share your story. Um. I'm going to put it out there for the world. I know this is going to be big. I appreciate your time. And people, uh, we're going to have part four. Jay, I would love to get come uh, like a Zoom meeting with some of the HBO meetings, uh, members, and just do like a little recap and talk about Wilson. I, I would like to do that as a collective. If you're cool with that, you're done with that, let's do that. Yeah, Shout out to everybody. Peace. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Lizard Jay, King of Bushwick. You already know what it is. Thank Peace. you. And um, I got love for you, brothers. You know, I'm proud of you too. You know, Thank I love you, you guys. You know. Absolutely. And I got my love for my brothers out there. HBO, Saddam, uh, Saddam Street, Kabubi, Papo, you know, Steven, Eddie. I love all those niggas, Papito. You know, we all muscled. <laughs> we all grew up on Saddam Street. Yep. You know who you are. And nothing but love here for you guys. You Peace. Know? Peace. And um, I just want to shout out one thing. Um, I have a book I wrote. It's called The Truth of a Life, The Truth of a Lifestyle, of a Street Lifer. Okay. Book for Street Lifer. Um, hopefully I can get back into and finish it this year and put it out. But I um, look forward to seeing, you know, look, look up. When I'm sure when out. this airs, when this drops, a lot of people is going to be intrigued. So this is the perfect time to capitalize oh. on that. So it's about my life story, getting caught up in the streets and how the street meant more to me than my, my mother, my sisters and my brother. The street to me was everything. Right. HBO was everything to me. I didn't care about nothing else. Yep. But my so, brothers. So think about it like this. If you guys was intrigued and wrapped up in the story like I was, you could just imagine how the book is going to be. So let's pay attention and look out for that. Peace.
Peace. Peace. Thank you again, Lizzie J. Thanks. All right, my brother.